trying to figure out what is worth me spending my time on and what is not. So, you know, when the coronavirus came in and, you know, not as many people are going to football games, I'm like, all right, so what are people still doing? How can I use my connections and the people that I know to maneuver my product to fit other people's needs? I think a lot of the stuff that I have struggled with in my post-grad life was validation, not only like with myself, but receiving compliments from you know, people around me saying, oh my gosh, this is such a great idea. And then I kind of just like discard it. It's like, oh, well, it was nothing, you know, I almost undercutting myself and I'm really working hard to stop doing that and being like, thank you so much. I worked really hard on it and I'm excited that you like it too. Having full confidence in whatever you're doing, whether it's uprooting your life and moving cross country or uprooting your life again and moving back home to start something in the middle of a pandemic. It's like, you know, the only thing typically that's ever in your way is yourself. Welcome back to The Passages Podcast. I'm your host, Chloe. I'm the founder of The Passages Project, which is a media project on a mission to empower young professionals to honor, explore, and advance their lives and careers from day one. We do that in a lot of ways, and this podcast is one of them. In today's episode, I have a chance to introduce you to a lifelong friend of mine and small business owner, Mary Rosenswag. It's the weekend and year, let's be honest, to celebrate small business and more importantly, the owners and creative geniuses dedicating their lives to build them. That's why today I wanted to introduce you to a rising star in the design and stationary sector making some serious moves in her local and surrounding market. Mary is the founder and graphic design whiz behind Thanks for Everything, a design shop specializing in custom buttons and other design-centric gifts and goods. From socially distanced game days to bachelorette parties to even supporting teachers and nurses on the front lines of this pandemic, Thanks for Everything has gifts through it all. And it's Mary and her family behind the scenes. Mary graduated from UGA with a degree in journalism, entertainment, and media, and she originally sought a career in social media and the sports industry. She found herself really drained by life in the corporate world and set out to make a change. She paid close attention to aspects of her job that did excite her, and when one chapter closed, another in the field of design opened up. Mary uprooted her life and moved to Newport Beach, California to work in customer service for a small stationery shop that she connected with over Instagram. In the midst of following her passions, Mary decided to start a small business on the side. And as her market took off, her interest in a life of entrepreneurship grew with it. Mary now runs Thanks for Everything full time, and we are so proud to celebrate her and other incredible small business owners today on the podcast. In this episode, I sit down with Mary to talk through her story and her experience honing her craft and navigating the creative industry as a small business owner. Mary shares the good and bad of life in both corporate and life in a small shop. She shares the behind the scenes on the wedding and special events industry, how she found her niche market and voice by listening to her customers, and lessons for any business owner looking to grow their loyal customer base over Instagram. In the spirit of Small Business Saturday and a year that took so many businesses through the actual worst, Mary's story is one of resilience, unbridled creativity, and a true testament to the joy of serving people you love by doing what you love. 
Without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Mary. My name is Mary Rosenswag. I am originally from Augusta, Georgia. I went to University of Georgia, studied journalism, um, was in entertainment and media. So that's kind of a, a lot of the people in my major, they wanted to go into like the film industry. Um, as y'all know, like Georgia is basically Hollywood 2.0 now, which is super exciting. So I always thought I wanted to do social media and sports. But then I got a job in Atlanta and it was working with sports. And I learned that I like watching sports and not working sports because it's not as fun, in my opinion, to be working during while you're watching the sports. So anyways, at the time, I was also dating a guy that was from California and I had a little crisis. I was like, I have no idea what I want to do. So I took a leap of faith and moved all the way across the country to Newport Beach, California, and took a job at a super small company. And we uh, we do like high-end printing, so letter pressing, foiling, wedding invitations, and stationery, that type of thing. So I took a job there just because I felt like I wanted to do something in design. Um, and then I recently moved back in like a month ago. So now I am trying to take my side business full time. So here we are back in Augusta where we all started. <laughs> okay. But you said in a short phrase, I, I thought I wanted to do design or I figured out I wanted to do design. How yes. do you like bridge the gap? How did you go from journalism to corporate marketing to small stationary design to entrepreneur? Like what, yeah. what about the career pivots helped get you clarity to, to right. stuff? So I graduated. So, okay. To put it into perspective, I got a job finally on the day before I watched my final exam of college. And I had spent from Literally the summer before my senior year, starting to apply for jobs because everyone's gearing up. I wasn't one of these lucky business majors that interns over the summer and then gets their job offer in August and then you're cruising the whole time. <laughs> so I had spent like seven months applying for a job. I applied, I think, to 40 jobs. I heard back from eight and two of them were an interview. The other six were a no. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. So... I finally got a job on my last day of being a college student. So I'm like, great. Um, but as I started working in my new job, I, you know, of course I was, I was going to a bunch of meetings and I still had no idea what I wanted to do, but it was a good, it was like a post-grad internship. So we were being exposed to a lot of different things within the company, which was great. Um, so just as much as I didn't know what I wanted to do, I slowly started going into these meetings and realizing like, what, what are the meetings where my brain is like wandering elsewhere? I just have no interest in what anyone's talking about. And then what are the meetings I'm excited to go to? Mm -hmm. And I started to notice the trend that it was anything that was design related. So if it's, you know, what is the app going to look like or, um, what's going to make the most sense for you know, our users to go through this login, you know, workflow, whatever. Those types of meetings were the ones that I liked. 
And that's huge, right? That was such a good tip. That was so important. And I feel like we've talked about on different episodes too. Like what, what are the really tangible ways if you are just like, I don't know what it is about my job, but I know that at the end of the day, I don't like what's happening. I don't like how I feel. That's such a clue is paying attention to which meetings do you draw energy from versus which meetings drain you. But as you're figuring that out, so you, you figure out in a broad sense design, how mm-hmm. did you land on small stationery shop doing design? So, so this is just like a very typical millennial um, sentence I'm about to say, but I got my job through Instagram. No way. I, so I had started following, I mean, I've always loved stationery, wedding invitations, greeting cards, that sort of thing. Um, those are the kinds of accounts I follow um, and largely have for, you know, throughout college and everything like that. So I came across this account that was based in Newport Beach and I had become kind of online cyber friends with the girl who ran the account. And she posted on her story one day that the place she worked at full time was looking for a summer intern. And at this point, I'm like, well, I know I hate my job. I don't want to pursue a job at this company anymore. So really I was just at this point because the the postgrad internship was ending. So I'm like, I really have nothing to lose here, just like time. And so then in my brain, I'm like, all right, well, I mean, I can move to California for the summer. It was just going to be a summer internship um, unpaid. I'm like, sure, let's move across the country, not get paid any money. I'll figure it all out. It's fine. But that's how like desperate I was to just chase after something um, that I was interested in. So um, I was visiting and I, you know, did the in-person interview and I didn't get it um, because understandably so they felt bad that I'd be moving across the country, (laughs) not get paid and be in there (laughs) part-time. But I'm like, seriously, like I'm a rising star. You have no idea. Like, I want to be here that bad. You should hire me, but whatever. Anyways, two weeks pass, and then she po- she texts me that one of their full-time employees got a, a job at a different place. And so I was like, God, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I was so crushed. I was like, I got this in the bag. They liked me. They want me there. And then it didn't work out. And so I'm like, crap, you know, back, back to square one. And then two weeks later, I was like a full-time employee. I'm like, okay, I guess we're really doing this thing. So in three weeks, I packed my stuff, moved out of Atlanta and drove cross country with my parents and then showed up on the West coast. Wow. Wow. Okay. Once you got there and you start to learn the ins and outs of the, of the stationary business, talk to me a little bit about what it's like. And was there anything unexpected about working in like the design and stationary business? I had no idea what I was getting into, obviously. Um, But the funny thing about the wedding industry, it is like hyper deadline driven. And you also have clients and customers who are also feeling like under the gun and everything's got to get out. They're like, I have to get my RSVPs out now. And you're like, all right. I'm trying to help you. So just help me help you, you know? So there's just a lot of high stress moments, um, but it's also super rewarding. You know, this is like the happiest days of 
people's lives. And, you know, it's just a really happy time for the people who are getting married um, or people who are starting a business and they're so excited to get business cards and, you know, have paper in hand that they can market their, you know, their baby out to the world, you know, whatever. So um, largely what I was doing was customer service and project managing. So, um, we weren't doing any design in-house, but I got to see all of these things being sent to us. And I'm like, wow, this is so inspiring. These people are so creative. I just had no idea how much work goes into designing a wedding invitation, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, and pretty much everyone I worked with was creative. I mean, actually everyone I work with is creative. One girl, she actually has a side business of doing stationery. Um, the other one, she's just like a badass artist. And the other one, she's like done everything under the sun, just knows all of these random things that I just had no idea even existed. So it was really great to be in a super small company where I felt like what I was doing actually had an effect on the day. And if I was out sick or out on vacation, like my absence was felt and not that I'm the type of person that needs that validation, but I just wasn't getting that when I was working at a large corporation and, um, just being able to jump in, like literally baptized by fire of this is the wedding industry. This is what we're doing here. Answer the phone. I'm like, I, I don't even, okay. <laughs> so it, it was definitely like a very sharp learning curve, um, but I learned a lot about, again, like what I do like about, you know, the creative industry in itself and then what I don't. And so, yeah, it was, it was just a lot. And then of course, adjusting to moving cross country and living in a place that's completely different from your little bubble that you grow up in. It, it was, it was super challenging, but I loved it. So. Yeah. And, and totally landed you here. Okay. As you're reflecting, are there any kind of like pros and cons or key lessons that you've learned or absorbed through your experience being in both like a huge, large corporation and super small business? Of course, there are things that I've learned. You know, I, I was lucky with the, when I was working at my large corporation to be around people who were encouraging me to explore, well, what do you, what do you like? What don't you like? What are the kinds of things that you want to be, you know, plugged into? Do you want to, do you want me to connect you with this person who works in this industry and, you know, you can shadow them in this meeting. So I think just being more vocal about things that excite you is really important because otherwise, you know, you're just another person in a meeting showing up to work. So um, that was a huge thing that I am grateful that I spoke up about. Um, and then working in a small company, I don't know, it was very much like a family unit, which I loved. I mean, I'm super close with my own family and, you know, you learn that the, everyone has their quirks, of course, but also at the end of the day, it's like everyone has your back and, you know, I don't know, just sometimes when I was working at the large corporation, I just felt like, help, I'm drowning. And then, you know, the life jacket wasn't immediately thrown to me. Whereas when I was working in a smaller business, it's like, if I needed help um, or if I was struggling with something, it's like, okay, technically if you're struggling, that means we're all struggling. So it's all hands on deck. So um that's super insightful. And also like, I didn't mean to pose that question as 
large corporation equal bad, small business equal good. Like that's, I mean, I love working for a huge, a, a bigger company right now in my career. And I feel like what you said really touched on the value of that experience for working for like a corporation or a larger company is that opportunity to not have a ton of responsibility, which frees you up to sit in and learn about other things that you wouldn't even really consider for yourself or to be on a, to be a fly on the wall on a meeting or like bridge the gap, connect the dots between a team over here and a team over there. Like that opportunity doesn't really exist, especially in entrepreneurship when it's just you, yourself and you. But I feel like also in a small business, like you have a lot of responsibility, you know, all of these people, you know, exactly what everybody does and larger companies do give you that opportunity to just kind of be a sponge and absorb so much. But after a while, yeah, you might get burnt out with like the environment. And it's clear seeing your trajectory, the design piece and what you're working on clearly matters to you. And you love the relationships that you build with people through your work. So I'm curious as if I remember correctly, you started Thanks for Everything when you're in California, but I might be wrong. Talk to me about early days, day one of starting Thanks for Everything. Where were you at in life and and why did you decide to embark on this? Right. So I started my Instagram account, Thanks for Everything. Originally, this started as I had the idea of writing thank you notes for people who are too busy to write them themselves. So, you know, this can go anywhere from, you know, you're one of these Orange County brides that has 800 people show up to your wedding and you don't want to write your thank you notes or, um, you know, you have an open house, you're a real estate agent, you want to thank people for coming, you know, just, you know, trying to encourage the handwriting of a note while also understanding the pain and the torture that comes along with handwriting your own thank you notes. Um, so I started that back in February um, and I moved to California in June. So I'd started it when I was already feeling like, okay, you know, this job is okay, but it's not what I would like to continue pouring all of my time and energy in. So I started as a side thing. So then I, when I moved to California, um, so as you know, California is not cheap. So <laughs> I started illustrating um, some of my friends. I had noticed this trend within like the graphic design community of like kind of silhouetting your your own images, I guess. So I started drawing, uh, I put it in a Facebook group of this other podcast I listened to. And I said, hey, I'm doing these, you know, 20 bucks a pop, send me a picture that you want me to illustrate. And so then, you know, I had like 40 people who wanted me to draw them. So I was super, super busy getting better at it, getting faster at it. And then my uh, old roommate from Georgia, she was like, Mary, you need to draw Kirby Smart and Jake Fromm. So for those of you who don't know, that's the head coach and quarterback for University of Georgia. I was like, great idea. And so I did like, this is so cute. You need to put it on a button. And I'm like, what? Like you would buy this? 
And so then I go on Sticker Mule and buy like 50 buttons and put it in an, a UGA group saying, hey, I have these buttons. And then now all of a sudden I'm selling buttons online and I have a website. And then, you know, people start coming to me and they're like, please do LSU, do Auburn, do Georgia Tech. And so, yeah, I kind of just exploded from there. It's seriously exploded. And I remember when you started to make the shift, A, I loved your first idea. Can I just put that out there? Like loved the initial start of the business. I remember watching your Instagram story and being like, yes, Mary, like I'm so excited about this. And I think it's such a good idea. And you started pivoting into design and you're so talented at it. Like you're, you're so good at what you do and everything you put out is so creative and new and makes so much sense for your market how did how did that feel making that transition and when did it really start to like pick up speed and you started to think about okay this could actually be a thing I mean really I was just putting things in Facebook groups like these different podcasts I listened to and people were freaking out about them and I think I mean me being you know (laughs) who I am, I'm, I will admit, happily admit, I'm a basic white girl. So I'm trying to think, what would I like? And what do I also know that people who are similar in that vein, what, what, what else would cater to them? So, I mean, you go to any bookstore, even if you go on Etsy and you Google game day buttons, they're just like, ick. They're, it just, it's like a bunch of middle-aged white men have have designed them like they just clash it's not cute it's boring and I'm like there's so many punny and like cheeky things that you can do um and so then I would just take you know I would whoever was asking me like please do Auburn I'm like all right well you got to give me something to work with you know I know a little bit about Auburn but I need you to you know what's something that y'all all say like what's your go-to cheer or like what's an inside joke and so that I think was the key to differentiating my designs from you know just a regular you know go tigers button mm-hmm. so trying to put like a fun twist on it and just kind of modernize it a lot, I think is what, you know, just ignited the fire. And then I just, it, I really think the momentum came from literally just messaging boutiques and influencers on Instagram saying, Hey, we want to send you these buttons. I think they'll sell really well. What's your address? Mm -hmm. And It was literally as easy as that. And then all of a sudden I was in like eight stores in Baton Rouge. And so to also keep it in perspective, so I'm over in California and all of the buttons and shipping is being done by my mom and sister in Augusta, Georgia. So I never had my hands on any of the buttons. So I'm just cranking out. Yeah. So I'm cranking out drawings. I'm getting things set up to print. I'm sending them to the printer coordinating with my mom and sister when to pick this up, who needs this, what's the order, where is it going? And I'm still working my full-time job in California with the three hour time difference. So I was pretty much waking up at 6 a.m. pretty much every day during the fall, like while football season was going on, just to bridge that gap of, you know, it's six o'clock here. So that means it's already 9 a.m. That means some boutiques are opening in an hour. If there's like something terrible going on at the printer or, you know, UPS is doing something wonky. 
it's just, it's not great to wake up at 8.30 on your way to work and be like, hey, this didn't get shipped. And I'm like, well, I don't have any time to fix it. So yeah. it was very high stress, but, um, you know, I found a market. So I had to just keep giving them what they wanted. <laughs> yes. When did you decide to take it full time? That was a decision I made in June. So I knew my lease in California was coming up and I'm like, you know, I'm still not like super on fire about working at another company when I get back to Georgia. Um, I would love the idea of working for myself and being my own boss is literally so appealing to me (laughs) that I just have it in my head that I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it work no matter, no matter what happens. Um, And then obviously like COVID's thrown a wrench in some of those plans because just not as many people are going to college towns anymore. So boutiques don't need as many buttons. Um, But, you know, this just makes me pivot even more. You know, I've, I've gone from just making college football buttons. Now I did this thing back in like April or May where I said, if you work in a healthcare industry or you're a teacher, send me a picture of yourself and I'll put it on a button so you can wear it to work because it, you know, the mask covers your face. People should see what your face looks like. And, you know, that, that helped hold me over. And um, now I'm trying to get into more custom buttons. So like birthdays or family reunions or, you know, even name tags. I'd love to get in the wedding industry, like a save the date, it's a, either a button or a magnet or something like that. So just constantly pivoting at all times, you know, COVID keeping you on your toes. Um, but luckily I do have the, the luxury and, you know, even the option to live at home right now with my parents and they're, they're fully on board with trying to help me get this off the ground and running. It's, it's been a lot all at once, but I knew I was, I wanted to come back to Georgia. And so I figured I might as well give it a shot while the, the stakes are considerably low, you know, with COVID like job markets, you know, not super booming. So it's not the end of the world that I don't have a a job at the moment. So it's like, I can put all my time and energy into my business and see if it can continue to flourish, which it's proven to be still alive and kicking. So I think that you're going to have your big break really soon. If you haven't already, (laughs) I really do. Like, I feel like there's going to be like the skinny confidential is going to bring you on her podcast or like some major influencer is going to see you and recognize like, this is absolutely genius. Like you said, you found a market as you're growing. I love to ask this question. You've told me before that most of your marketing is through social media and it's through Instagram. What is something that your Instagram followers don't know about behind the scenes about life and entrepreneurship or running your business in general? life is the art of the finesse. And so if you look like you know what you're doing, it's believable. There have been times where I'm like, I have no idea what wholesale pricing should be. Um, I have no idea what the etiquette is for, you know, sending over an invoice or, you know, what's a normal time frame for me to say, hey, pay this by this date. Or if I'm doing custom stuff, I'm like, I have no idea what to charge. Uh, is my work, you know, up like up to snuff? Like, does it need to be 
more expensive or am I cheapening myself? So there's just a ton of stuff that I've had to like, you know, talk it over with my parents or like, you know, whoever's in the industry currently being like, Hey, what do you averagely charge for this? So yeah, I mean, I'm really trying to amp up the social media and, you know, show that it is popping. I mean, it is popping, but there are some days where I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll just get on here and try and record a few things. I got a ring light, which I think has really elevated my game. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But just, you know, getting on there and I'm just trying to show more personality too. I think people will resonate with brands more when they know who's actually behind it. And it's not a super, you know, vanilla, like, Hey guys, this is my new thing coming out. So I really am trying to, you know, share relatable stories with people. Um, and just anytime I get a DM or a message, like I really do try and reply to every single one. Um, because, you know, people appreciate that. I'm like, you know, I would love, yeah, I'm the, one of those girls that I pretty much comment on like a lot of things, you know, I'll, I'll like, if it's something funny, like, even if it's like a random meme account, they have like millions of followers. Like sometimes I'll throw in an LOL and I would love to get a double tap with a heart, you know, like show me that you acknowledge that I LOL'd. So <laughs> I think that's, that's super important too. Um, and I mean, yeah, my follower count is, it's growing slowly. Um, I, I used to just like find accounts that I felt like they followed similar people that I think I would cater well to. And I would just go through and, you know, grab a random account and comment like, oh my gosh, this is so cute. You know, it's a little creepy, but then now we're all cyber friends, you know, like that's how I got my other job in California. Like there's just no barriers here. We're all friends. You just gotta make it seem like, you know what you're doing and then you'll figure it out along the way. Like no one really knows what they're doing. That's that's the main thing to remember. <laughs> social media gosh yes yes and it's so important to just like recognize that and I remember when I was starting passages like the only thing keeping me going was like this this might turn out really shitty and I don't really know like I don't know where this is going I don't have a plan for week four I only have a plan for week one two three and you just kind of keep going and that's the beauty that's why I love talking to to entrepreneurs especially like people my age and people in our age and stage who are just figuring out as they go and trusting their interests and trusting their curiosities and building things and designing things that bring people joy. I, I, I live for it. I live for right. it. Right. And I mean, I think the more transparent you are, I mean, of course, in hand that comes with being more vulnerable, but I think people really resonate with that. Yeah. Especially day and age where it's like sometimes you just scroll down to someone's Instagram you're like well they're perfect I don't think anything's going wrong in their life and then here I am on my account you know just (laughs) around you know I'm like having camera problems or like my mom's peeping in the background I'm like all right I have no privacy it's fine but you know trials and tribulations of living at home at 25 it's it's a great time um No, literally, it keeps me keeps me going back to your profile. And you even like my favorite, my favorite ones are when you're like, "Hey, it's me, the influencer again." Or like you make a jo- you almost make a joke of of the fact that you're doing what you're doing and being like, mm, "I 
want to grow on Instagram. So hello, here I am. Like I, right. it's, it's, it's just, the, it's the ring light inflating my ego, but you know, <laughs> wonders for me. So <laughs> I, love it. I love it. You mentioned these, like the idea of buttons for nurses or healthcare workers, genius, the idea of like the, of custom buttons and things and, and really riding this market and, and listening to them and following them. What inspires all of these creative ideas? How do you continue to pivot and trust new ideas when they pop up? Well, the beauty of my setup right now is, you know, I'm not ordering a bunch of inventory to to have on hand. Everything that I do is made to order. So if I have a design that I think is super cute, um, but, you know, I only sell two of those buttons, it's really not that big of a loss on my end because I haven't, you know, done like a minimum order or anything like that. So I'm doing everything in-house now, which is really completely changed, like how this business is running. Also to that point, it's like trying to figure out what is worth me spending my time on and what is not. So, you know, when the coronavirus came in and, you know, not as many people are going to football games, I'm like, all right, so what are people still doing? Um, people still have businesses, so they might need a name tag or they might have, you know, swag bags that they're sending out or, you know, corporate gifting. So how can I, you know, use my connections and the people that I know to, maneuver, you know, my product to fit other people's needs. And also just, you know, I see something cute. I'm like, huh, that'd be cute on a button, you know? So I just, it's always the buttons in the back of the head. And the more people I talk to about it, they're like, Hey, I, uh, I was looking, looking at this the other week and I think it'd be great on a button. I'm like, you're right. So I think just constantly, you know, it's not that my only talking point is buttons whenever I talk to anyone. I'm, I'm much more complex than that. But I think, you know, just being upfront and excited about what you're doing, I just think it's, it's just a natural snowball, I guess. I mean, living and breathing it. I feel like inherently you become really passionate about it. And what I love is like you put more meaning behind it. You know, you're not just like, oh, what can I design? Okay, how can I put my designs on these? Okay, buttons go. Like you actually thought about like, okay, sporting events or, you know, people my age, what are they doing? Where are they? What's interesting to them? What's cute? What's cheeky? I love that you said that, like really stepping into that persona and thinking about what would they find amazing? What would they really want to buy? What would they get excited about buying? Um, mm. And that transaction becomes, becomes so much more meaningful. Um, yeah. starting a shop for the sake of starting a shop, you know? Mm -hmm. So what we touched on this a little bit, want to give you another chance, just in case, are there any other marketing strategies that you would share with anybody? I know I have several people in passages community who also run similar businesses, you know, procreate masters doing all of the, all of the designs and really trying to grow a side business that's that's heavy on graphic design skills and and building a market specifically on Instagram. Are there any tips or strategies that you feel like you've learned you you've learned that you would want to share with small business owners? Yeah, absolutely. So going back to what I said earlier, I think if you can find like your dream 
Instagram account that you follow and that you respect, you know, so say, um, I don't know, say I'm trying to get into fashion blogging and I love revolve, you know, just, just a basic example. I would go to their page and then go to a photo and look at who's liked that photo. And then I literally, no shame, I spam follow and it works like a charm because you already have people who are active on social media and who are already engaging with a brand that, you know, is similar or like, you know, the kind of demographic that you want to appeal to, but like, don't even just stop there. It's not like just follow and then, you know, never see them again. I think it's important to actually like start engaging with these people. Um, and like these influencers that I find, a lot of them are just micro influencers. Um, you know, they have like 10,000 followers or whatever, but you know, those are typically, I think more powerful than, you know, your 30 million, you know, follower account, you know, like Kim Kardashian, you know, because these people similarly to how like a small community is it's small and mighty and they're active. So if you can just pick a few certain like look of what you're going for and make sure that like the, the interactions that you're having with them are actually genuine. And it's not like, Hey, um, how can you make me money? You know, like I, I really am just excited about my buttons and, you know, also luckily with my buttons, it's, it's all grassroots marketing. So, um, you know, someone wears a button to a game and they ask, Hey, where'd you get that button? It's like, oh my gosh, it's this girl on social media. And then it's just that that's just the beauty of it. So I'm, I'm very lucky that, you know, this is something that you wear to like, you know, every Saturday or, you know, wherever it is. I mean, it's out there and it's walking advertisement for what I'm doing. So I have like a few different channels of how I'm trying to get out to people. Um, but to the same degree, it's like someone who just sees my football button, they're not thinking, huh, maybe I should get a name tag, you know? So it's, it's, you just got to work every, every angle you can, but I just, I just really don't think there's any shame in following a bunch of people on social media. You don't know, because how else are you going to get your name out there? I mean, it's, it's out there for you. You know, you, you have the option to press the follow button or not. And it's a very powerful move in my opinion. So that's what has worked for me. Um, I know that's not necessarily what's best for everyone, but that is my secret to success so far. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. I think it makes total sense. I mean, following, I feel like is even one tip beyond that. It's, you know, the collaborations that you've done. I feel like you, the grassroots marketing is almost like these informal collaborations because yeah. that's how you grow on Instagram, right? Like you work with somebody else and their audience sees you and then and then you work with somebody else and their audience sees you and you pick right. up a few followers here, pick up a few there. Yeah. And then in every um, package that I mail out, I put a little card in there saying, thanks so much for your order. Be sure to tag us. And so, I mean, they're technically doing like a mini unboxing, not that it's anything on the same caliber as a FabFitFun unboxing, but you know, <laughs> just the same, same thing. It's just like, they're excited to receive it and then they post it. And then that's how they get their people that follow them and trust them. And, you know, usually are similar, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I have all these other Georgia people who saw this and they're asking me where I get it from. So it, it all feels very natural and it doesn't feel forced, uh, which I think, again, is what's going to resonate with 
your customers most. So just trying to be authentic. Mm, There it is. (laughs) Okay. Wrapping up now, um, any last advice that you would share honestly to like your past self, anything that you've learned that you'd want to share? I think a lot of the stuff that I have struggled with in my post-grad life was validation. Like not only like with myself, but receiving compliments from, you know, people around me saying, oh my gosh, this is such a great idea. And then I kind of just like discard it. It's like, oh, well, it was nothing. You know, I, you know, I'm just poor. I need to start a side business. So it was just like almost undercutting myself. And I'm really working hard to stop doing that and being like, thank you so much. I worked really hard on it and I'm excited that you like it too. So I think if I can continue to have that mindset moving forward, I, I just, I feel like more doors will be opened, you know, rather than being scared to, oh my gosh, this girl, she has like way more followers than, you know, I have, she's never going to respond. It's like, just send the DM, you know, I have nothing to lose. Or if it's a big boutique and I'm like, I have no idea how to write this email, but you know, writing an email and sending it is better than not. So I think just having full confidence in whatever you're doing, whether it's uprooting your life and moving cross country or uprooting your life again and moving back home to start something in the middle of a pandemic. It's like the stakes are really low when you think about it. You know, it's like, I I feel like it's a calculated risk. And, you know, the only thing typically that's ever in your way is yourself. So if you could just get her to move to the side, you know, I feel like things will be a lot easier in the end. So really trying to, to, to live out my own truth that I'm speaking right now, but I mean, it's hard at times. So that is food for thought. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yes. I mean, if you're not your biggest fan, who is going to be right? Like if you don't believe wholeheartedly in what you're doing, that sets the bar. I feel like I've talked about that before. Like you set the tone for how the world is going to react to your ideas and to your creativity and to your business. And yeah, I feel like starting your brand in general, like is a really personal decision. And you put a lot of yourself and your soul and your heart into what you're doing and who you're serving. But at the end of the day, it's, it's strategy, it's business, and you as the CEO can look at this and be really proud of what you're building. Um, set the tone in the market, if you will, um, that everybody needs this. I love it. Mary, thank you so much for joining me on Passages. Before we fully wrap, I do have a lightning round if you're open to it. I have three questions and my rule is don't think, just say. Are you ready? I think so. Yeah. Hit me, girl. Okay. Best and worst purchases that you've made as a business owner? Ooh. Um, best would be my ring light. Yeah, girl. Um, <laughs> and worst would be, uh, it wasn't really a purchase, but we tried to mail things the cheap way and do it like with a flat envelope mailing buttons. Cause we're like, it'll get through the scanner. No problem. It was a nightmare just invest in cute poly mailers. People are more excited to open them anyway. So love it. Love it. Okay. (laughs) If you could design anything for anyone, what would it be? Oh my God. Don't think, just say, this is so much pressure. (laughs) Um, I, I would love, I mean, this is like a hometown 
you know, flex here, but I would love <laughs> to make some golf theme buttons for the big masters tournament in town. Mm-hmm. Like actually be in the exclusivist of exclusive stores. That would be awesome. Literally. Yeah. yeah. They don't even have e-commerce. Right. I'm like, what are y'all doing? You need buttons. Like it's an easy grab and go. Like I'm just, I'm printing you money here, but you know, whatever. That's, that's for a different sales pitch at a different time. Wow. I can literally see it already. And like families of the golfers and like press. Yeah. Yep. And kids. Oh my gosh. Think about your market for kids. And right. like masters. First masters, boom, button printing money. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then book resource or quote that you would share with our listeners. Um, I love Skillshare. I know it's kind of like taboo, mm -hmm. but I'm very much, um, self-taught and I don't have a graphic design degree. I don't, um, really know how to use the Adobe softwares, like as you should. <laughs> so I'm, that's where I go whenever I have a question. Um, yeah, Skillshare, it's, it's worth the, the premium price, but there's a lot of cool stuff going on there, even just with Procreate and even just regular marketing tips on there. So highly recommend. Okay. Genius. I subscribed to Skillshare a while ago and I think there's like they do, they run discounts all the time and there's mm -hmm. always ways for you to like hop on their platform in really easy ways. I love that. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast, Mary. I really appreciate it. I loved our conversation. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm still so flattered that you even thought of me. Um, but okay, I wait, before we go, tell people how they can follow you online. What are all the, all the things we'll have them linked below, but it's fun to give yourself a little flex. Okay, great. Um, we are on Instagram. It's at thanks.for.every.thing. I know I need to work on that, but it's all split up and not the number four F-O-R. So thanks for everything on Instagram. I also have a Facebook page. Thanks for everything. And our website is thanksforeverything.shop. So if you ever have something super custom, like a birthday or you know, wedding, save the date, whatever you need, please email me and, or DM me and we can definitely get you hooked up. Woohoo! What an amazing episode. Mary, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I was laughing. I was crying. I was inspired. <laughs> I'm seriously so grateful and I'm so excited to continue supporting your small business and every small business this weekend and beyond. To learn more about Mary and keep up with everything that Thanks for Everything is doing, we will have everything you need linked down below. She's so active on Instagram, you have to go follow. Buy your friends and your family some buttons and cute gifts for the holidays and support small businesses and families running them as you shop. To keep up with the Passages Project and everything we are doing, head to thepassagesproject.com. It'll be linked below. We are always looking for new stories to highlight, whether that's writing for our website, nominating a guest, or just supporting our community over on Instagram. We invite you to join us. We're excited that you're here and we're thankful that you tuned in today. Friends, I hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. Don't forget to shop small and I will see you on the other side.